Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. So we all know those people, the one-uppers, you know, you tell them your good news and they have even better news. Uh, You know, you tell them about something you did and they did it 10 times better, or you tell them about a trial you're going through and they tell you that they've had it 10 times worse. You know, every story you tell, they relate it to themselves. We all know those people, right? We are going to talk about that today. We are going to talk about relationships and something that I really discovered this week about this whole topic. I actually did a devotional on YouTube about this topic this week, which is, you know, a devotion that I do on YouTube is like five minutes long. And after I did it, I just felt like there was so much more I wanted to say. So I'm turning it into a podcast episode. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But before we start, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, as always, Apologia. Apologia is an award-winning, biblically-based homeschool curriculum provider. And this month, Apologia is running a sale on their incredible elementary math curriculum. Apologia's Exploring Creation with Mathematics curriculum is designed to help young minds discover the power of numbers through creation. With hands-on learning activities and games using household objects, short 20-minute lessons, and a suggested four-day schedule, you and your children will love Apologia's math curriculum. So many homeschool families have switched to Apologia Math after struggling with other curriculums and have seen their children become excited about math for the first time. So listen up. Right now, through February 28th, you can shop Apologia's math curriculum at Apologia.com and use the promo code LOVEMATH, all one word, at checkout and receive 25% off. This is a great time to try this out. Again, that promo is love math, all one word, at apologia.com. I encourage you to take advantage of this sale. That sounds fantastic. All right, so welcome back to the podcast. I always say that simplifying our lives has a lot to do with our view of Christ and what is important to us, right? It's like what I say at the beginning of the episode, every single episode, the remedy for clutter and chaos in this world is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. Because I truly do believe how we view Christ it affects how we view everything, right? So we're going to talk about that today in our relationships, specifically what I talked about just a minute ago about, you know, why do people try to outdo each other? And we are all victim to this. Number one, we've all had conversations with people who do this to us, but we have also all done this, I am sure. And something that I discovered in Studying this verse this week in Romans, we're going to look at in just a minute, is really, I think, the why behind we do it, why the why behind why we do it. And then I just want to talk about how this can help us so much 
in our lives because sometimes we clutter up our lives by cluttering up the relationships in our lives. And you know, we clutter up the relationships in our lives for the same reason that we clutter up our homes because we have our priorities backwards, right? When we clutter up our homes, it's because we are trying to satisfy with things that aren't God. And we often fill up on mental clutter because we are trying to, you know, find all this information and listening to all these voices because we're not listening to his voice above all. You know, when we add clutter to our lives, it's because our priority is us and our comfort and our pleasure rather than living for Jesus. We look for satisfaction outside of him and it complicates even our relationships because let's face it when we we're going to talk about this topic of like you know outdoing one another and competitiveness and comparison that is operating by a worldly system we are looking for things to satisfy us whether it's our ego you know whether it's our pride whether it's what we think you know people think about us or it's just plain being self-focused we have a lot of mental drama in our lives, you know, and let's face it, as women, that often involves our relationships with other women. I did a podcast episode um, hmm, a couple months back. Somebody, not somebody, many people had specifically asked over the many months before that for a topic about friendships. I don't know why women have such difficulty with friendships, but I know that they have it, me included. We've all had that, right? And so in thinking about this topic today, it kind of go, I will try to remember to link in the show notes to that original episode about relationships and friendships between women, because I think that was a really important topic to discuss. This kind of takes that even a little bit further um, and talks about, you know, this one specific area. Not that not that we only do it with women. I mean, we can do it with our husbands as well, or men can do this to us as well. Any relationship, you can have this, um, this happen. But, you know, um, I just, I think it's so important if we want to, when I say simplify our lives and, and keep our focus on Christ, um, when if we want to keep our focus on Christ, that involves every aspect of our life. That involves how we treat people, and that involves how we respond to people that maybe treat us in ways that we don't like. So like I said, you all know these people, the one-uppers. You know, you tell them your good news and they have better. You tell them your trial, and they have it 10 times worse. And every story you tell, they relate it to themselves, right? We've all been there. We've all been in those kind of conversations. And they're not really enjoyable because and you get into the conversation and you're like, does this person even really care what I'm telling them about? Or are they just trying to one up me on everything I say? Do they really genuinely like care about me? Or are they just trying to compete? And n it never feels fun to be in that relationship. And you know, like I said, nobody's immune to this because we are humans and we are flawed. And in our human state, we will always think about ourselves. You know, we all do this as well. Um, you know, we, we kind of want to puff ourselves up and we kind of don't realize that we're like inadvertently doing it. Um, you know, and honestly, when people do this or when you've done it, it's honestly because they just don't know any better. I mean, after all, like I said, in our flesh, we all only think about ourselves. We listen to respond. We listen to turn it back on us. 
We listen to try to one-up someone, right? In our flesh, that's what we do. We think about ourselves in our natural flesh. If we're not thinking about Christ, we're thinking about ourselves. And it puffs us up. It also reveals our insecurities when we do this or when others do this to us. It will reveal their insecurities. But I want to tell you that you are secure in Christ. There is no room for insecurity when you are secure in Christ. So do you see how this honestly all relates to simplifying? Like you'd be like, well, what does, you know, one-upping people have to do with simplifying? It's because my whole idea about simplifying is not just about like minimalism or getting rid of stuff in our lives. It's getting rid of hindrances, distractions, anything that stops us from keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is Jesus. And this is a hindrance in relationships. And this is mental clutter, or like I said, mental drama, because how much time do you waste in your mind sometimes being upset over these types of relationships or, you know, thinking about it over and over? And it it causes division. It causes negative feelings. And let's just face it, it is not living Christ-like, whether we're on the receiving end of this or on the giving end right? So that's why I wanted to address this today, because I feel like we could like let go of so much mental drama and mental clutter that, you know, um, takes residence in our mind when we just live the way God tells us to in the Bible. And so uh, comparison and competitiveness, that all stems from insecurity. But as Christ followers who are walking with him, we must constantly look to him for our identity and not the tangibles of this world. What we do or don't do, what we have or don't have, the things that happen to us. You know, that's what those people do when you're telling them something and they have to one up you and they're focusing on, you know, what they do or don't do, have or don't have and the things that happen. It's because they're focusing on the things of this world, and they're not focusing on the people that are in front of them. We, uh, when we are sure in Christ and we are secure in him, then we set ourselves up to have relationships that are healthy with others. When we stop looking at others with the eyes of what they can do for us or how do we benefit from this friendship, and we look instead at the person before you as made in God's image, it changes everything. So let me explain a little bit more about the passage that I'm referring to in the Bible or that kind of got me thinking about this whole idea. And that's in Romans 12, which is literally one of my favorite passages or chapters in the Bible. I love the entire passage. So full of so much wisdom and truth. But it says here, starting in verse 9 of Romans 12, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So that's verse 10 there. Outdo one another in showing honor. It doesn't say outdo your friend in what you, uh, you know, can compare to. It doesn't say outdo them in good deeds or outdo them in the latest, you know, gadgets or outdo them in your home or outdo them in your recipes or outdo them in, you know, whatever achievements. The world operates in this system about doing each other. I mean, you could really, really, I mean, if you think about this, 
This takes up a lot of mental space for many people. They're constantly trying to live up to others' expectations and then trying to prove themselves to others, trying to prove that they have this or they have that or their house looks like this or their house looks like that. And it's, it's not operating at all the way the Bible tells us to. I mean, it tells us here in Romans, starting, like I said, in verse 9, it says, let love be genuine. One of my translations says, I think, something like, really love people. You know, don't just say you love somebody because, you know, I was thinking about this as it's February, Valentine's is coming up. It's a month of love. You see all over the place, love others, love everybody, love, love, love. But what does it mean to really love others, like to genuinely, truly love others? It means to love others because they were made in God's image. So when it says here to honor others and outdo that outdo others in showing honor, it means consider others above yourself because God made them and God loves them. And they are not something to be seen as what you get from their friendship or from their relationship. Whether it be, you know, you think, uh, you know, a lot of times relationships fail, marriages fail, friendships fail because it's two people looking to see what they can get from the other. And when they don't feel that the other person has given them what they need, they want to move on. But true biblical love here says to love like genuinely, to truly care about one another's needs. And that is very different than the world and how the world operates. You know, like I said, we aren't in it for what we get, but what we give. We aren't in it for selfish reasons, but because we honor somebody that is made in God's image. And that completely changes things. Go look at that person tomorrow that gets under your skin and tell yourself they're made in God's image. Go look at that person that's on the, maybe the grocery store line and they're, you know, acting, you know, giving the cashier a hard time or whatever, they're acting rude. Remember, they're made in God's image. It doesn't tell us in the Bible only love people that are lovable. And it doesn't tell us in the Bible that we only love people when they do something nice for us or they treat us well. It says to really genuinely love them. And we outdo in showing honor because they are made in the image of God. And if we look at Christ, (laughs) he outdid it, right, by suffering and dying on that cross for us who are completely unlovable, fallen, sinful human beings. Our, our, our world operates in this system that relationships have to be beneficial to us. This can cause so much drama, so much mental clutter, and make your life feel anything but simple. Because rarely is self-sacrificial love glorified, and rarely is biblical love lived out. Often we are so wrapped up in you know what others do for us whether they make us feel good and sometimes they make us feel good because we just feel that we're better than them you know we outdo one another and and this uh word here i looked it up in the keyword study bible it's to show deference to others by honoring them and really truly genuinely loving them not just pretending we don't just pretend to love others we really love others that's what one of the translations says and we do it not for selfish reasons. See, I think a lot of us don't even realize that we do do it for selfish reasons. So, you know, I believe that this is a problem for, you know, those 
people that do it to us and even for ourselves, because let's face it, we all have behaved this way one time or another, because we weren't really looking at others as they are made in the image of God. Like, honestly, I know I don't. I don't like walk around my day thinking, even with my own kids, I don't do it. I'm not like, wow, they're made in the image of God. I don't look at my husband half the time and think, wow, he's made in the image of God. We're, all, we're like trained in this world to love our husbands because of what they do for us. Now, that doesn't mean we can't love the things that they do for us. For example, Steve brings me my coffee every single morning in my bed because I'm too lazy to get up and get it myself. <laughs> no, he gets up really early. He brings me my coffee and wakes me up before he goes into um, to work. And this morning, as a matter of fact, I laid in bed saying my prayers, just like thanking the Lord over and over for him because he's just, you know, he's such a servant. So that might cause me, of course, to strengthen my love for him. But it's, it shouldn't be the reason I love him. You know, he does a lot of nice things for me, which I love that he does those things. But don't confuse that with genuinely loving someone because they're made in the image of God. Because if Steve didn't bring me my coffee in the morning, I still love him because he's made in the image of God. And we have to separate the fact that we love what people do for us from the fact that we love them because they're made in the image of God. And so when we get into these kind of relationships that feel competitive or like people are always comparing, it can be difficult, right? It can really make, you know, um, uh, it can make some strain on your friendships, on your relationships, because you feel like, wow, this, you know, how do you feel when you're in that relationship where somebody's always one-upping you, right? I know that I've been there. It's like I tell somebody a story, I'm so excited about something, and they're like, oh yeah, me too. And you're like, you know what? I just, I just want you to hear me. I don't, I, I don't want (laughs) to like have it turned on you at this moment. And, you know, it's, there's a difference between when we want to relate to people you know, sometimes you're in a conversation and somebody's telling you uh, something they're going through and you're like, oh yeah, I can relate to that or whatever. That's totally different than what I'm talking about where it's like, you know, you tell somebody something and they're like, oh, well, yeah, me too. Because when I did that, you don't feel very loved in that moment, right? And like I said, I think people just don't know any better. We're so like ingrained in our worldly system and our earthly system and how our society operates that we don't even realize sometimes that this is not biblical love. This is not genuinely loving someone like we listen to just, you know, point it back to us or we listen to respond or do we listen with a genuine affection and a genuine compassion and a genuine caring of what the other person is saying? So like I said, I think that sometimes we don't even realize it, which is why I wanted to talk about on the podcast, because I was like, you know what? I know I can be one of those people. We all can. Like if anyone out there right now, like, oh, I never do that. It's not true. We all do it at some point. We've all inadvertently even pointed it back to ourselves or tried to compete or compare. And, you know, I know that I had relationships over the years that I experienced, and it really confused me. But just in studying this passage recently, I've really come to understand, I think, what happened. So, like, I think that for me, many years ago, as a baby Christian, as a brand new Christian, I had women in my life who kind of, like, took me under their wing. You know what I mean? They were walking with the Lord for a long time, maybe older than me. They mentored me. 
and they really, really cared for me. I mean, I had so many questions and things I didn't know and things I was learning and trying to figure out whether it was in the Bible or about parenting. I was a brand new mom at the time or about marriage. I was still, you know, newly married at the time and they would pour into me. And I'm so grateful for that. I mean, it sounds wonderful, right? Like that Titus 2 relationship. But things changed. And, you know, I think a true Titus 2 relationship is so important to have those who've gone before us, who are older and wiser to mentor us. And I think those mentors have to really love, as I'm talking about here, with that genuine love, with that genuine caring for the other person's well-being. But I think what happens, and something that I noticed happened gradually over the years with these relationships I had, was, you see, I got in my relationship with the Lord, I was getting a lot closer with the Lord. I learned and I learned and I learned. And my fire for the word grew, as did my zeal for the Lord. I started homeschooling, and I was really growing by leaps and bounds as a Christ follower and as a mom and as a wife. You know, it wasn't a perfect straight path. There were certainly times of going forward and a little bit back and forward, but it was overall a pretty forward trajectory. Like, I was all in and on fire for the Lord, and I was growing. And then I noticed, like, Over the years, I started to find my voice. I was no longer the one that was asking questions all the time, but I was the one giving answers to others now. And that's how it's supposed to be, right? We learn as a Christian. We grow. We mature. And I was entering a new season of my life. I was no longer a baby Christian needing a lot of mentoring, but I was you know, starting to really walk out my faith and grow in my faith. And as I began to blossom, I was no longer this shy and nervous baby Christian that I once was. In fact, I started writing and speaking and ministering. You know, you go from years and years before to being that shy, maybe timid, nervous woman into gaining some confidence in Christ. And gradually, I noticed that really not many people were cheering me on. Not many of those friends that I had were really even walking alongside me anymore. I don't know if it's because they felt they weren't needed anymore, which may be the case. Although we always need our our friends. Just because they weren't needed in the same way, we still need our friends. And so... I understand that relationships change. That's part of life, you know. But when we're talking again about Romans 12, 10 here, about truly loving others and outdoing one another and honoring others, even if those relationships change, at the core, the love for others shouldn't. In fact, that love for others should always be there regardless of if one feels needed or not anymore. And so, you know, it wasn't that anyone was ever mean to me or outright hostile, nothing like that. I mean, these these were really great friends and they were really there for me, an important time in my life. But I noticed and I realized that things were drifting. 
And no one was really cheering me on like, wow, Karen, you're, you know, really growing and you're really doing all these things. It was sort of like they didn't know what to do with me. (laughs) And so it was very confusing. But I've come to realize that that is what our human nature does. Some people thrive on being needed and being the one to mentor and to guide. They're sort of, you know, got that kind of like, um, I don't want to say that alpha, but kind of like that. Like they like being the one who is the alpha, I guess, you know, like um, they're able to give you advice and I guess it makes them feel needed. And so, you know, but the one being mentored may not need them in the same capacity anymore. You know, I didn't have all those questions or I didn't have all those, you know, um, new baby Christian issues. But that doesn't mean that I didn't still need them, maybe just in a different way. And so perhaps they inadvertently pulled back. Perhaps it was just, you know, life changes. Your kids are kind of at different seasons of life. You're at a different season of life. I totally get that. And again, I have nothing against these uh, relationships. You know, I love all these people. But I just have noticed as I thought through this recently that, yeah, I think that that's what happens when we inadvertently, because again, this is not purposeful, I don't think at all, inadvertently just feel like, well, we're not needed, or we feel like, maybe we feel like in that kind of relationship, like they, not that they weren't needed, but maybe they felt like, well, you know, I'm not really getting anything out of this anymore because before they felt important because they were helping me and then they were like, well, I'm not needed anymore. I don't know what it is. But, you know, in reality, if we like really lived out Romans 10, uh, Romans 12, 10, you know, that would change everything because we would have other people's best interest at heart and to truly love them. I love also what it says in Romans 12, 15, which follows up after a few verses. It talks about rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. So when someone starts having success, you rejoice with them. And when they have hardship, you weep with them. And the reason you do that is because of what it says in Romans twelve ten. You're outdoing one another by showing honor. You're doing what it says in Romans 9. You're um, loving others, like really loving others. And when you really love others, you care for their well-being and you show compassion for them and grace and mercy and all of those things. And you have, you know, that desire for what is best for them. So when they're rejoicing, you rejoice. You celebrate their success. And when they're weeping, you weep right alongside with them. We don't want to see our friends fail. That's another thing I could never understand. And I've seen this over and over again. It's like, and I've talked about this before, and it's something nobody likes to say out loud. But I even know in my you know, sinful heart, I have definitely done this in the past. You secretly wish your friend would fail. And if you haven't done that out there, then good for you. But I think all of us have a little bit where we're just like, you know what? I'm so tired of them always having such, you know, good things happen to them. Because what we do is, again, we internalize it on ourselves. Again, not loving with genuine love. Because it makes us mad 
when somebody's successful. Why? Not because they're successful, because it makes us feel bad because we didn't have that success. What we do is we internalize somebody else's success into our own life. We have to separate that. Somebody else's success does not define you. Somebody else's failure does not define you. It literally has nothing to do with you. So when, you know, somebody's posting on the internet and they're posting maybe something wonderful happened in their life or to their children or whatever it is, and you get that little twinge of, you want to roll your eyes and be like, oh. think of Romans twelve, ten. Are you outdoing them by showing them honor? They're made in God's image. Are you loving them with a true brotherly love? I mean, if you're secretly hoping someone to fail, that's not biblical love. They are made in the image of God. Keep reminding yourself that. You know, if we're outdoing one another in in love and honor, and we look at them as an image bearer of Christ, we love them because He loves them. We love them because it is genuine and not based on circumstances or how it makes us feel or if it damages our pride. We love them simply because he loves them. We love them because it's genuine and not based on circumstances, just like God's love for us. Again, I think the reason we do this isn't because we're all just so mean and terrible. I think we just don't know better sometimes. That's why I wanted to point this out today, and that's why I wanted to talk about it, because I truly felt like this was something to address. As I studied this passage, it just became clear to me. I mean, you only know what you know, right? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk about that on the podcast, because I feel like so much of the clutter and our mental capacity, you know, sometimes we're just so drained, has a lot to do with the damage done in relationships merely because we're humans. So if we could start living, not as humans, but as Christ followers, as image bearers, I think that could change everything. You know, because like I said, I know 100%. I have been the same way, pointing it back to me in a conversation or thinking about myself and what I was getting out of a relationship. But this passage really opened my eyes. And we must remember that in our flesh... We will always default to ourselves. But when we walk by the Spirit, we will naturally consider others above ourselves. The fruits of the Spirit are poured out in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. We walk humbly, not proudly. Can you imagine the world, how it would be turned upside down if we all actually did this? Like if we all lived out by outdoing one another in, you know, by honoring them and and considering them above ourselves and truly genuinely loving them, it would change our marriages. It would change our friendships. It would change the way we parent. It would change politics. It would change, you know, the communities. It would change the world, quite frankly, because what I always say, changed hearts will change the world. You know, we all get so down and out about this world is going crazy as well. Well, changed hearts will change the world. And that starts by walking with the Lord. And so when we spend time in our word and we truly meditate on these things and we fill our mind with goodness and then we see truths like I saw here in Romans 12. First of all, it opens our eyes to how we're supposed to live. 
We want to be more Christ-like. It isn't Christ-like when we're trying to outdo each other. It isn't Christ-like when we're comparing to one another. It isn't Christ-like when we're measuring ourselves against others. That's not how it's supposed to be. And that's why we clutter up our minds and our lives with all this drama. Like I said, mental drama. Because sometimes it's just you in your own head, right? Oh, I don't like what she said to me or did to me or da 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 And so if we could all live this way, it would change everything. And so I would encourage you, spend some time in this passage. Like I said, I did a devotional on it this week, and it kind of just got in my head, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, I really think that, as I say, the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The remedy for clutter and chaos in our relationships is Jesus. The more we desire him, the more we desire to be like him, the less we desire the things of this world and the less we desire to be like the world. And it just starts with you. Like you might be listening to us and being like, yeah, but that doesn't stop the other person from always one up in me. But you know what will? Well, first of all, changed hearts will change the world. But it starts by them seeing Christ in you. So if you have those people in your life and they're difficult to deal with, what do you do? You can you still outdo them with honor. You still love them with brotherly love. And you might think like, well, Karen, they're not very lovable. Well, neither am I. And God loves me. And so if we could look at somebody that's doing that all the time and just continue to outdo them with honor and love and love them with true brotherly, genuine affection, they're going to see that in you. And guess what? If they don't and they never stop trying to outdo you and you can't stand it anymore because they're just always trying to one-up you, pray for them, continue to love them, and then you let the rest be between God and them. Because it's not between you and them at that point. It's between God and them. And if you truly love them with genuine love, you care that they're, you know, kind of doing something against the Lord. Now, I'm not saying you go and point out to them and be like, look, you need to read Romans 12, 10 because you're not doing what I, you know, what you're supposed to do and I'm doing it. Because then right there, you're not loving them with genuine love. You are loving them so that you can be right. We don't want to just be right. You know, we're talking about people's souls, right? And so you can pray for them. You can continue to love them. Obviously, I think you guys know if there's like toxic relationships out there, abusive relationships out there, that is not what I am referring to. If you're in a relationship with somebody that is just so toxic and they're just, you know, constantly, you know, trying to outdo you or make you feel one way or another, it may be time to end that relationship, but that doesn't mean you stop loving them. It doesn't mean you stop praying for them. You know, just recently, I've had some issues with certain people in my life, and I've just stopped like praying for those issues and just been praying for their souls every single morning, just praying for their salvation. Because that's really the only thing that's going to change the issues that might be going on, you know, in their lives. So pray, pray for their souls and pray for their salvation. Because again, if you truly care for their well-being, you want them to be saved. You care about their soul. More than anything, you care about their soul because what else is there? You know, when we want to be right or we want to prove our point and all of that, that is not, that is contrary to this verse here about genuinely loving somebody, truly caring for others. 
and outdoing them in, with honor. And so if you have those difficult people in your life, pray for them, continue to love them. Again, when somebody sees the love of Christ in you, when they see that you're not doing it, you're not competing with them, they're not going to want to compete with you. And like I said, some people just don't even realize. They don't even realize they're doing it. Because our world, if it, it you know, it um, fosters pride. Our world tells us to think about ourselves all the time. I mean, nowadays, everything is self-help, self-focus, self-me, me, me, self-care, you know. All of these things, we're just creating a bunch of selfish human beings, narcissistic and selfish human beings. So, of course, people are acting that way. It's like what the world is creating. But for the Christian, for those in Christ, it is contrary to what the Bible says. And so I would encourage you, get in your word. Instead of sitting in your mind and saying, well, this person bothers me and that person bothers me and they need to fix it. No, just love them and get in your word and be filled by the power of the Spirit. And if you realize that, wow, maybe I do that. Like if you're in a conversation and you're all of a sudden you realize, wow, I am keep pointing it back to myself. Or wow, I am feeling a little competitive today. You can stop right then. Ask the Lord for repentance. And then start outdoing one another with brotherly love. Start outdoing one another with honor and genuinely love others, genuinely care for their well-being, genuinely care for their souls. We can focus on this world. We can focus on feeling good about earthly things and circumstances and stuff. We can puff ourselves up all we want, but we're not going to puff ourselves up into glory someday. We are to exalt God, not ourselves. We don't puff ourselves up. We need to get rid of that kind of an attitude. Our security is found in him. We have no reason to be insecure. We have no reason to compare. We have no reason to compete. Our security is found in Christ. So hold your head high and act like a follower of Christ because he lives in you. And if Christ lives in you, you're going to outdo one another in honor. So let me know if this is something that resonated with you. I would love to hear from you. I told you guys in the past few episodes, I have a new podcast host and you can go to anchor.fm slash simply living for him and you can actually leave me a voice message there. I would love to get messages from you guys. I would love to hear what you think about the podcast. You can leave a comment there like, you know, if you want to tell me something that you thought on the podcast. Now, when you do that, it says, "Oh, this can be recorded and used for a future episode." I'm probably never going to do that, so you don't have to worry about that. Or you can ask questions there. You know, if we ever are going to use the voice to ask a question, you know, I would blur out your name or whatever it is. But, you know, you can ask questions that you want to hear on the podcast or or from me. I would love to hear from you. Or you can comment wherever you're um, seeing this, if it's on the blog or on Facebook, on Instagram. I'd also love for you to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That helps me get my message out there more. But I want to continue the conversation. Is this something that resonates with you? As we approach Valentine's Day and the, you know, the holiday holiday of love. Let's talk about what real love is. We love others because they're made in the image of God. You don't get to choose. He made everyone in the image of God and say, but Karen, you don't know what they did, but you still love them. 
Now, that doesn't give them a pass. I'm not saying that gives a pass for toxic, abusive people. And there's a completely different um, realm there. When we're I mean, we're not going to get into that. I know what it's like to be with abusive people, so I get it. I'm just talking about your everyday friendships, you know, the people in your lives. We've got to love others. Yes, distance yourself if somebody is being absolutely toxic. I'm not saying be a doormat. I'm saying to love others as Christ loves us. And so let me know what you think. Share this message. Share this podcast with a friend um, and comment, like I said, and let me know. I want to continue the conversation. I want to know if you kind of thought of things differently today uh, when I talked about this. I want to hear what you think. Um, And I wanted to just remind you real quick before I go that the Simply Living for Him Ladies Day Out is coming March 12th in Chester, New Jersey. You guys, I am on fire for this event. I actually had to practice my sessions yesterday. I never practice. Like, I don't ever write out what I'm going to say. I I literally just have my slides and I kind of go by the spirit. But I have so much I want to say that I was trying to get it organized and, you know, different things I definitely want to say. So I was sort of practicing it in my room as if I was giving the talk at the event. I was trembling. I was out of breath. (laughs) so excited. I'm on fire for this event. It has been a rough two years. We need to get back in person. We need to get back together as women in the word of God to be encouraged to point us back to Jesus. So that's what we're going to do March 12th in Chester, New Jersey uh, at the Grace Bible Chapel. You can find all the information on my website at simplylivingforhim.com. You can also join us in July at our Simply Living for Him Women's Retreat. We are going to spend two days sitting at his feet and remembering who we are in Christ And we're going to worship together and pray together. And we're going to have food and fun. And I cannot wait. Space is limited. We are running out of space. So you will want to register immediately at simplylivingforhim.com slash retreat. Prices are going up in March. So if you are on the fence, now is the time to do it. Let me know if you have questions. Reach out to me. I'd be happy to answer them. These, um, There's no words to describe these events in the past. They've truly been just so special. So I'd love to see you in July. It's in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania at the beautiful lodges at Gettysburg. I would love to see you there. All right. So I hope this message encouraged you today. If it did, I'd love to hear from you. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today.